Hey, good to have you with me. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is the Apologist Bookshelf. I'm Gary Zacharias. I want to look at uh, Bruce Bickle and Stan Jantz's book called World Religions and Cults 101. Uh, we've talked about it before. Uh, I'll tell you one reason I really like it. And by the way, it's subtitled A Guide to Spiritual Beliefs. One reason I, I really like this is they have an advisor who uh, pops in occasionally with comments. It's Dr. Craig Hazen. And uh, I've talked to him before. Uh, he brought a group down that did something at our church. Uh, he's a professor at uh, Biola. And uh, you'll see his comments and insights all the way through here. So just a reminder, Bruce Bickle is an attorney. And Stan Jantz uh, manages uh, some stores. And they're, they're really interesting guys. It's very lighthearted. It's not heavy going. But it gets into the world's major religions and cults. It's comprehensive. Yeah, it is. But it's easy to understand. And so all the way through, they tell you how these different spiritual beliefs got started, what they teach, how they differ from biblical Christianity. But they are very respectful. And I think that's important. And so anybody can read these without being offended, I think. And all the way through the book, they're going to talk about you know, why everybody's on a spiritual search, how major religions view the important things like God and man, uh, characteristics of cults how different groups look at sin and salvation, you know, how, what's our solution to our problems, and their idea of Scripture and what makes Christianity unique. So I thought maybe for this one we would take a look at the mind sciences. The mind sciences. So what are we talking about here? Um, <laughs> it says, here are some directions for starting your own religion. So here's what uh, Bickle and Jantz start this chapter with. You first claim to have divine inspiration, you make God more than more like humans, or maybe just a force. You make humans more like God. You write a book or you start a magazine. You have to retranslate the Bible, probably. Put in a bunch of rules and regulations. Blend together with ideas from other religions, and ta-da, you get your own religion, they said. Now, that's a good start. Well, anyway, they, they talk here about setting up your own belief system as a way to getting around God. Right? Yeah, I mean, if, if there's a God out there and he's got a set of things that he thinks are best for us and you don't want that, you say, hmm, what can I do about this? And in fact, they mentioned that it starts with Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve. Right? They wanted to be like God. They didn't want to do what God wanted them to do. So it said, um, they referenced King Solomon. History merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. And they said that brings them to what they call blended belief cults in this chapter. Now, which ones are, are they actually talking about? Christian Science, the Unity School of Christianity, and the United Church of Religious Science. Now, put them all together, and they're called the Mind Sciences. So they say, it's interesting, they believe that the, I say they, okay, this is not the authors, <laughs> these are the people in these three different groups of religions. They believe the human mind is the most powerful thing in the universe, actually more powerful than God. Isn't that interesting? But they didn't start that idea, the idea that the human mind is above everything else. That didn't start with them. So it all started with the French, they said. If you go back in time, Rene Descartes. Why him? Well, he decided that if you're going to figure out the world, all you need is reason and math. You just have to think about them. And he used that philosophy to prove his own existence. Remember that famous saying, I think, therefore I am? And uh, it's, he said that's the way you prove the existence of God. I think about God, therefore he exists. 
All right, so they bring up Isaac Newton. Not long after Descartes, here comes Newton, late 1600s, early 1700s. And he wasn't just doing scientific experiments or writing some sort of math theories. He was unlocking secrets of the natural world. And his discoveries just set off the, the spark of the Age of Enlightenment. The leading thinkers of the world were convinced, based on Descartes and based on Newton, if you just sat around and thought about things, that thinking and reason and the mind, they were the keys to the universe. So finally they said, we're coming out of the dark ages. Now we use our minds. We don't need religion. And, re and reason became more important than religion. And by the way, can I just mention here, and of course it's not up to these two authors, not up to Bickle and Jantz to get into this, but the idea of dark ages is a concept that is, uh, thank goodness, has gone away. Historians now realize there is no such thing as the dark ages. So don't let anybody tell you that science came about once it threw off the shackles of Christianity. That's not true. It was Christianity that brought about, well, actually the Judeo-Christian worldview that brought about modern science for a lot of reasons, which I won't get into because I want to cover this chapter. I've got a talk on it. I'll be glad to send you the PowerPoint and information about that. But science owes its, the modern science owes its beginnings and its foundation to the Judeo-Christian worldview, not to secularism. Okay, so let's keep going. So who came along after Newton? Then you get Voltaire. And they said he's sort of the poster boy of enlightenment. He believed in the power of, are you ready? Of course, human reason and science. But he took it one step further. He denounced supernaturalism, things beyond the natural world and religion and the clergy. He hated Christianity. He believed there was a God, but he hated Christianity. And then it said uh, the French Revolution really put an end to that, didn't it, 1789. But the, the idea of enlightenment kind of got going then in America. You have Jefferson, and he was uh, one of the early deists, along with probably Ben Franklin. And what do they mean by that? That there was a God, but he's not personal. He doesn't get involved in history or in the lives of individuals. So what do we have left? We have a reason, and we have our effort, and that's how we get through this world. All right, so... One of these stepchildren between European enlightenment and this American deism, the authors say, was a movement called New Thought. Now, what it did is emphasize metaphysics and mental healing. And the one that's the founder of this is a man named Phineas Quimby, 1802 to 1866. So what did he believe? He thought that all sickness originated in the mind and it was the consequence of false beliefs. And so he was actually a student of hypnosis for a while, but then he believed he could heal physical diseases by just suggestion. And how do you do that? Well, the person that be, was being healed had to be open to God's wisdom, and he called that the Christ. Notice it's not a person. It's wisdom. So to him, the human Jesus was just a human being who used the same Christ principle to heal people. Do you see a difference there? Yeah. And then Dr. Hazen adds something here, which I think is interesting. Before Quimby set up these mental healing practices that he had, he had a popular traveling mesmerism act. He would put people into a trance and then have them do all sorts of uh, suggest strange cures for any sick folks in the audience. Well, after Quimby died, back to the two authors, so after Quimby died, the New Thought movement continued to develop. And it it solidified and formalized itself into something called the Divine Science 
church. And here's its teaching. God is the only reality. Sickness is the failure to realize this. And healing comes when you realize the human race is one with God. So what does that sound like? Doesn't that sound familiar? That's pantheism. The belief that all is God. There's no such, at least to the pantheists, there's no such thing as a personal creator who exists independent of his creation. So their idea of God, by the way, is more of like a life force or an infinite idea. You might even think of it like the Star Wars thing. Use the force. So the life of God and the life of man are the same. So what does that mean? Basically, man is God. And that's right from Hinduism. And we hear that in Thoreau and Emerson. And they were students of Hinduism. Interesting, by the way. I like to read Thoreau and I like to read Emerson. But yeah, you got to realize where they're coming from. So a cult expert that they uh, research and talk about here named Ron Rhodes, and I like his material, he called Quimby the father of the mind sciences because he and this pantheism and the mind healing and the metaphysical ideas had a direct influence on these three founders of the mind sciences. So next section of the book is the mind sciences take root. So here are these three basic uh, beliefs that all these three cults are going to get into. God is an impersonal principle. He's a, just a divine mind. The divine mind is all that's real. It's the only thing that's real. The mater- which, If that's true, then the material world doesn't exist. It's just part of that divine mind. So I'll tell you what I'd like to do. Because of these three schools of uh, mind science, I would like to look more at Christian science than the other two because... There are probably uh, more members, and uh, there are more of them around me, and uh, probably you you recognize Christian science more than these others. And Christian science is probably the best known. Uh, It's been around a while, and it's uh, actually kind of losing membership and revenue, but it's influential. So what's its background? Founded by Mary, Mary Baker Eddy. She was born in 1821 in New Hampshire. She was really sick when she was a kid got involved in spiritualism and occultism as she grew up, and she went to see Quimby. She said she had spinal inflammation, claimed that she got healed by him, and she became a student of Quimby's brand of metaphysics and mental healing, and she kind of mixed his ideas with her own concepts, and after he died, she published a book, and she claimed, this book is called Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, she claimed that came from a new revelation. Well, Much of the book was actually plagiarized from Quimby. So right off, we can see some problems there. So she set up something called the Massachusetts Metaphysical College. She she taught her principles there to thousands of students over eight years. And then she founded the Church of Christ Scientist in Boston in 1879. When she died in 1910, catch this, the church had around a million members now, today it's down. Let's see what they say the numbers are. About 250,000. So they've, down, they've lost three-fourths of their membership. But they said there's still 2,300 churches worldwide, 1,600 of them in the United States. So what's going on here? What, what's in this school of thought? I said, well, you notice that some are common with the New Age movement. And that's, of course, a separate chapter, so I won't get into that. But let's look at what they believe about certain key aspects of religion. What do you think about the Bible? Well, we would say as Christians, that's a trustworthy, reliable, and practical uh, book. It's the only divinely inspired written message from God to the human race. 
But that's not what the mind sciences say. So let's take Christian science again. I'll just focus on that. They say the Bible is no more important than any other history book. Well, what do they say about God? Well, remember, we would say God is the eternal, holy, all-powerful, all-knowing, loving creator of the universe. What do they say, especially Christian science? God is an impersonal principle. They teach because God is all, and all is God. Because God's spirit, then only the spirit is real. The material world does not exist. It's an illusion. That's crucial. And I think that's one of the ways you can really puncture this belief system. You look around, you say, really, people dying of AIDS, um, you've got the war in Ukraine or whatever it is, and, and, all, and the Holocaust, that was an illusion. That seems to put down uh, so much of uh, the experiences we've all had. So that's their belief about God. What about Jesus? Well, he's stripped of his divine nature. The Bible says that he was fully God and fully man. You can see that in Colossians. What does Christian science say? Well, it's, a, it's the principle of the Christ. Jesus was a human. That's all he was. But he had the divine idea of the Christ. He didn't save anybody when they died on the cross, according to Mary Baker Eddy. We have to save ourselves. We have to use those metaphysical principles. What about the human race? And what about sin? What do they say? Well, again, compare it to the Christian belief system. We would say God created people in his image, but we're fallen. We're broken creatures because of sin. Well, that's not the way the mind sciences see it in Christian science. We're part of God. God is in everything. We possess that divine mind, so that's good. We don't sin. When you become one with the divine mind, that's the goal, by the way, of Christian science. You don't sin, and you don't get sick, and you don't die. What about salvation? Well, we, we're brought up as Christians and reading our Bibles that we're sinners. We all need salvation. We can't heal ourselves. Uh, we're so broken. It has to come from outside, and without it, we're going to face judgment. That's the only way through Jesus that we're going to be made right with a holy God. Well, what does Christian science say? Well, once you, what's your salvation? Just stop believing in the illusion of sickness and sin. You'll be saved. Mary Baker Eddy denied the idea of uh, death like that. She said, man, as God's idea, is already saved. Already saved. How about death in the afterlife? The Bible says if you believe in Jesus, you're not going to die spiritually. You'll live forever with God. If you reject Jesus, you spend eternity in hell. What does the Christian science view look like? Well, they say there's no hell. Well, they say you can make your own hell if you don't think right. And heaven results from correct thinking. So death is just a transition for the mind. It keeps on living. So it can continue to correct the wrong thinking about sickness and death. Now, as they begin to wind down toward the end of the chapter, they say, so what's the appeal? And it says, a uh, good question to ask of any religion. I think that, that is a very good question. You could ask that of somebody that you disagree with and just get a good conversation going. What do you like about your religion? What's, what's a, a value to you? Well, it says uh, these authors say they think the appeal of these mind sciences is uh, based on how they make people feel. And when we look around and we see the reality of sickness and suffering, but these mind science religions say it's just an illusion. It's just wrong thinking. We've got to get rid of that old thinking. We've got to get new thinking that leads to mastering death and disease. So they're full of compassionate, spiritually sensitive people. They want to feel better about humanity in that world. So they deny the reality of a personal God. 
And what do they substitute for this? An impersonal life force. It's not what you think that counts, it's how you feel. And they said, uh, just think as an example of the popularity of Star Wars, the force there. It's not a personal god. It's a life force that you access how? Not through logic, by feeling it. You have to feel the force. All right, well, at the end of each chapter, they have something they call, what's that again? And they go through the main points. I love that. I think that's so important. And then at the end, they say, dig deeper. That's a section of basically resources. They mention a, a two good books there. One is called The Challenge of the Cults by Ron Rhodes. Another is The Kingdom of the Cults by Walter Martin. And then finally, the last part of their chapter is a set of questions to just think about. And they, they say things like, uh, what is pantheism? How does it differ from theism? Uh, what do you think is the appeal of mind sciences? So it at least gets you thinking about it. All right, so that's uh, World Religions and Cults 101. A Guide to Spiritual Beliefs, Bickle, and Jans. Uh, it's, it's a good book. It's, uh, like I said, easy to read, and I think you'll get something useful out of it. All right, well, thank you for being part of this podcast.